0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the 174th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host Brandon, and today, it's just me. But, we have a big show. I know, I know, I'm so sorry. Churo and Emily, they couldn't make it, uh, f- you know, for various reasons. You know, Churo went to Anime Expo, e- Emily, you know, she's got work. And I live in Japan, and sometimes this is what happens with the scheduling. I'm so sorry. But... Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KH Union. We have a two segment show today. And our first segment. It's one we haven't done in a long time. It is a podcast update segment, but I like to call it the State of the Kingdom Hearts Union Address. So my fellow Kingdom Hearts Union podcast hosts, or, or my fa- fellow Kingdom Hearts Union podcast listeners, please join join, join in on this uh, state, of, state of the Union Address because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of big things. And then finally, we're going to have a question segment. Very interesting questions this time around. And well, at least to me, because, you know, if if you like the same kind of weirdness that I like, then this is a great episode for you because look, I know it's not as fun listening to just me, but when I get these episodes to myself, <laughs> I'm so excited because there's so many topics that I feel bad talking about when, you know, you know someone you know other people are on the podcast because i don't want to bore them to pieces but oh boy i've got the show to myself there so if you think there's tech questions you know there's tech questions and uh, there's some great ones in here so i hope you're ready for that in the way of announcements as always if you guys like the show please consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash ffkh union our patreon executive producers today are as follows we have Nahika Blaui, Joseph Robertson who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Guide Seeker, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who is at Akira Namejin, Chris Morales, Keith Field, who's at the Mighty Keith, Michael Graham, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Miles Ribbons, Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre t- twenty-three, David Calro, Tori Patrick, Chris Pope, who's at Doctor Pope one eight one, Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod, Lewis James, Nick Moreland, Zach Duranto, Freya Stella, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orbayun Ray, Hunter Morgan, Muhammad Quam, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, and Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster73. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So if you have any crazy questions that you want to send our way, that'd be the place to go. All right, so now for our state of the podcast union address. Gather round, gather round, everyone. The the podcast host is coming. It's Brandon. Hello. Hello, Kingdom Hearts Union listeners. I'm glad to see you today. Y'all look pretty uh, spiffy. If I do say so myself, y'all look spiffy. So, uh, let's, let's talk today. I've got three main items on this address. Three main parts of this update. So, without further ado. The first bit of this uh, update that I want to talk about is... We are real close to hitting our 10-year anniversary. What? Are you kidding me? Yes. So, Kingdom Hearts Union... Started all the way back August 23rd, 2009. What? That is so longer ago than I could ever imagine. Uh, I was not on the show, uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, Kingdom Hearts Union was started way back, 2009, first episode. Uh, Back with uh, Lauren and Lauren and... Uh, was Kyle on the show? I don't know. Look, I, I'll be honest, I I never really listened to the show at that point, but I did listen after Churro joined, because Churro was a good buddy of mine, so, yeah, Churro joined, I think he joined, like, episode 20, and then I joined episode 28, and then I started hosting the show, I want to say, around, like, episode 36, 38-ish? And yeah, I've been hosting ever since, so it, it's been a it's been a long time. I haven't been on the show for ten years, but uh, I I'm definitely the the host that's been on here the longest uh, by uh, by a long shot. But uh, yeah, sh- shout outs to all the prior hosts of King of Hearts Unit as well. Uh, couldn't have gotten here without them. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have a proper uh, anniversary celebration episode on. Uh, You know, uh, when the time comes, I believe that, you know, we'll have our anniversary episode in about three episodes from now. So, not the next episode or the one after that, but the one after that. So, that should be airing, I believe, August 20th. So, it'll be a little early, but hey, who's counting? That's the one that's, you know, closest to our actual uh, anniversary. So, we're going to go with that one. And, uh,. So yeah, not sure what we should be doing for that. So uh, if if anyone has any particular uh, requests, please send them my way uh, at KH Union. I'll uh, definitely be eager to hear any ideas if, if you've got any. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do to make it a a special uh, a special anniversary episode. You know, at the very least, like how many Kingdom Hearts podcasts are the are even out there, and how many can say they've made it to. To 10 years like that's I think we're pretty much the only one so uh, n- not saying the only uh, podcast I- I'm sure there's other Kingdom Hearts podcasts out there but we're the only one that's this old so uh, it's definitely something worth celebrating uh, actually Final Fantasy Union they're also uh, y- you know been doing a lot and they're actually uh, right about t- uh, oh no actually no they already did they, got, they, had, they just had their 200th episode so congrats to them too. So, you know, Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union, we've been going for, uh, the long haul. So, uh, yeah, hope to bring you even more entertainment and, uh, hype and speculation and explanation and trivia and analysis and all that other stuff that we do on this show so well and keep doing that for however long we still can do this for. Uh, so yeah, uh, moving on to the next major part of this uh, uh, State of the Union address, so to speak. Uh, We just wrapped up the Deep Dive stream. Uh, The last uh, live stream was, uh, I guess, well, at least from when I'm recording this, uh, about yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, Thank you all for those of you who joined. It was a great last episode. Finished off Kingdom Hearts 3. Got to see the Secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 3. That was awesome. So overall, really great time. And uh, yeah, just want to thank everyone over the past several years. You know, the Deep Dive stream started back in 2016. And it was all about, you know, just to remind everyone, the, the whole point of the Deep Dive stream was to help people get caught up with the uh, all all the Kingdom Hearts games prior to the launch of Kingdom Hearts 3. So being able to finally finish it off with kingdom hearts three was uh you know really great and really brought everything full circle you know getting to play the game live for everyone the game that this was all built up for um so yeah overall just want to thank everyone that uh joined over the past few years i know it was rough you know when i when i just had uh first moved to japan um there was definitely a lapse in streams that unfortunately had had to happen because once I first, when I first got to Japan, you know, because I live in a more rural area, uh, there just literally wasn't good internet out here. You know, you, you hear about the internet in Japan being all amazing, but at the time of me coming here, uh, we still had DSL and it was like, I think maxed out at like 10 megabits per second. Which I'm sure maybe there's some of you out there that um, maybe have that now or even worse, but uh, I can definitely tell you uh, a live stream is not something that you can run on that kind of internet, uh, at least not at the quality that we were uh, known for. Uh, but thankfully, uh, eventually, I did get uh, fiber optic internet, so I'm now I now have gigabit internet, <laughs> the famed. The you know the internet that everybody talks about when they're like man internet in Japan is so fast well I finally got that like a, a couple of years ago and that's what allowed me to uh, uh, complete the Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream. Now as for the the future of the deep dive stream, I just want to say you know the first most important thing uh, that I want to get out of the way is are we going to play the DLC? Are we going to play Kingdom Hearts Three Remind? What about future titles? Uh, as of right now, uh, tentative plan is yes. I do, you know, when those titles do come out, I would like to um, give those a play in kind of a deep dive stream format. Uh, no big promises as of yet because I don't know what my, uh, my situation is going to be at that time, but the tentative plan is yes. Um, and, t- and the uh, next aspect which is uh, kind of a bigger conversation. And uh, I I've had people ask me about this quite a bit. And, you know, it is a complicated uh, situation to deal with, but I'd like to at least talk about it and at least talk out loud to you guys and be transparent about the kinds of things that, I'm, that I deal with with this kind of stuff. And it's uh, with regards to the recordings of the Deep Dive stream. So I just want to say first and foremost, I have all the recordings except one. All the recordings are safe except for the, uh, three, five, eight over two stream the, the movie stream that one. I don't know what happened to that. That's gone to the wind, but i you know, honestly, no skin off my nose. That was not, not the best stream we've ever done, honestly. Cause you know, it's not even really a ga- It's not really a game, honestly. So it's kind of like, what, what's the point? I mean, yeah, there, we. I did commentary over it, but honestly, it wasn't that I, I'm not personally that miffed about, uh, losing that recording, honestly. Um, but you know, I guess, I guess the main, uh, point of contention here is, uh, uploads. Why haven't I not, why, why have I not been uploading, uh, these streams since, you know, I have them all, why not upload them? So there's a few reasons. One is it takes a lot of time to get those things cut up in such a way that they can be, uh, digestible, digestible on YouTube. Uh, just throwing them out there as the full recordings is, you know, just sending them off to die on YouTube. Nobody is going to click on our videos if they see they're like several hours long, which you, a lot of these recordings were like three to four hours long. And I know maybe, maybe for some of you more, uh, harder fans that were interested in it. Um, I, I definitely understand that maybe for you, you'd be totally down with that. And you know, it's better than nothing. And I, I totally agree, but uh, in terms of uh, the problem is it, how those videos do affects the health of the channel, uh, the health of the YouTube channel. So uh, basically YouTube's main uh, big bugbears these days are uh, watch time and click through rate. Uh, the, I guess there's also retention, but at the end of the day, click through rate and watch time. And, uh, if you guys go to the YouTube channel and have a look at the Kingdom Hearts 2 live stream, which I uploaded the full thing of that, uh, you may see why I'm not so interested in uploading more at this time. And it's, it's mostly because there's, there's like nobody watched those and fair, fair. I uploaded them pretty late. It took a long time and they're kind of uploaded like all at once, very close to each other. But, um, yeah, it's just that at this point, uh, I, I was trying to do things where it didn't take so long to get those things uploaded. So one, uh, concession to that was, uh, cutting back on doing original thumbnails. Uh, another concession was not doing original titles for the videos, which when it comes to click through rate, like the most important thing is the thumbnail, the, the thumbnail, the thumbnail and the title, not thumbnail, thumbnail and title. So the thumbnail and the title are like pretty much everything when it comes to click through rate. And that's like half of how well your, your videos do on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, by streamlining that, you know, that being a thing that does take a lot of time, you know, having to make a thumbnail for each video And then on top of that, having to cut up each video, render out each video, uh, upload them one by one, you know, all of this stuff takes time and time and time and time. And, you know, I I said so earlier, but I'm a full-time teacher, uh, and I'm also, you know, doing art school online. So full-time teacher, part-time student, and then also part-time podcast host slash I was, uh, doing a lot of live streaming. So you know, the, the, I got a lot on my plate and unfortunately there's only so much I can do as a, uh, you, you know, at least when it comes to this stuff, I'm a one man show. You know, uh, when when it comes to the, the live stream, it's pretty much just me. And then also the YouTube channel, at least uh, up until now, it's been just me. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys can understand why uh, it took so long. And it's mostly because of finding time. But the reason I'm not so uh, eager right this second to upload all the previous recordings is because, you know, by throwing them out there on the channel as it is, it's kind of just throwing those videos out there to die. Because, you know, as it is, YouTube is not recommending our content. And I don't even know how much of it is reaching any of you. And, uh, yeah, so in in terms of uh, where we're at, like it's it's like I don't want to throw those videos out to die and then I also don't want those videos to negatively affect the rest of the channel by telling YouTube that oh when when YouTube recommends our videos to people they they usually don't get clicks so why should you recommend you know Kingdom Hearts Union YouTube videos so that's kind of why those are the things I've been thinking about if anybody knows any better about how YouTube works please let me know I would love to be wrong and be able to just upload them as massive chunks and just be like, all right, watch it if you want and not have it negatively affect the channel. If that was the case, I could get like most of them up like right away. So, because I mean, I have them. So yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of what I was thinking about there. So uh, the third point in this uh, Kingdom Hearts Union State of the Union Address is a bit of good news. I would say the last one kind of ends on a sour note, but I've got a good news. So no no promises yet. But what we'd like to try now that the deep dive stream has wrapped up is we'd like to see what we can do with that YouTube channel. Because we've we've got a YouTube channel. We have a okay, subscriber count. I'm sure most of uh, the people that are subscribed to us uh, gave up on us because we haven't really uploaded anything in 500 years. But what we'd like to try, at least, you know, as a pilot or a beta or whatever you want to call it, is we want to see about putting out content on YouTube and content made for YouTube, ideally, and... uh. You know, not just podcast uploads. We want to actually try to make videos for it. Uh, If you guys are fans of Final Fantasy Union, I'm kind of thinking something along those lines. Uh, Their content, I feel, is really high quality, and I think, you know, in terms of the the format and structure of what they're doing with their videos and the kind of content we typically talk about on Kingdom Hearts Union the podcast, you know, it, it is quite similar. I mean, to be fair, you know, we're cut from very similar cloth. You know, you know me and Churro, and uh, you know uh, Daryl and Lauren. You know we talk about a lot of the same stuff. We're sister shows, not exactly the same in terms of the podcast, but you know, more or less, we're very similar. And uh, I I think in terms of the YouTube channel, it can be much much the same in terms of uh, the the relationship there. Uh, So uh, in terms of what has been done already to get us up and running on the YouTube channel. Uh, I've got at least one script. Like I have one full draft of a script that is like, I would say about, uh, 90% there ready to be recorded. Um, and then I've got some other scripts outlined and then I have about, let's say like 20 to 25, uh YouTube video ideas like that are just ideas but I uh, ideas that I think are, are actually good like uh, I have t- like about 25 YouTube video ideas related to Kingdom Hearts and various things associated with it of videos that we can uh develop and put out so that that's kind of where where I'm at right now so I've got a lot of content there and some ideas for things that could turn into series and things that can be, uh, you know, continually gone back to. Um, so yeah, that's, what's been done now. Uh, as for what I'd like to do is, uh, for right now, um, I want to take the the script that I've already done and then the other, uh, videos that I've outlined, get those kind of ready to go and get videos made for those scripts and ultimately i'd like to see if we can get like four videos like done 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 and ideally four videos of like different different styles and then i want to put them out one by one a little you know little by little maybe over the course of you know maybe a weekly thing over the course of a month and then i want to see what the reception is towards it and see what kind of feedback you guys have for us in terms of, uh, the videos, which, what, what kinds of videos do you like and things like that. So, uh, I, I guess my goal right now in terms of planning out the videos is I want to make them kind of like different for different in terms of format. Um, content wise, it's the same kind of content that we talk about here on the podcast. It's, you know, analysis, it's trivia, it's history, it's technology, It's story, it's lore, it's all that stuff that we usually talk about, but in the context of a YouTube video. Uh, I'm also kind of playing around with the idea of scripted versus uh, less scripted content. Uh, Something I definitely uh, notice is for channels that cover content that is at least similar to us, they tend to have more scripted content, which I actually do enjoy myself, Uh, that said, writing the script to the level that I want it to be does take a long time. Um, you know, if you look at these videos, you know, just we'll take a, for instance, you know, a typical final fantasy union video, anywhere between, uh, 10 to 20 minutes. Usually, you know, a 15 minute video, we'll just go with that 15 minute video. is going to be about 2000 words. Like, that's a, that's a pretty lengthy thing, you know, uh, in a typical, like, Word document that's going to be about maybe 8 to 10 pages. You know, could you imagine writing, uh, you know, putting your mind back in, uh, you know, high school mode? Could you imagine writing, like, eight, 8 to 10 pages, like, every single week? Yeah, I don't think I could do that, but, um, you know, being a one-man show and, uh, you know, largely expecting that I would be the one also editing these. Um, so I'm also looking at the possibility of doing some uh, less scripted things. I still want there to be structure. I feel like in terms of you know, you know let's say it's a spectrum. a you know fully scripted show, that's one side of the spectrum. and then the other side of the spectrum is this podcast. This podcast is largely unscripted. Uh, I I would say entirely unscripted, but what we do have, and I think we've referenced it uh, from time to time is we do use an outline. So, and and that's why we, that's why, that's why the shows sound the way they do is, you know, we've got an outline here, bunch of bullet points and, you know, we're going down the bullet points and, and that's how we do our conversations on kingdom hearts union. Final fantasy union does a similar thing. They have the same kind of format and that's, that's why we sound the way we sound, you know, we're genuine, but we keep on task. This is not just a stream of consciousness, uh, conversation that just goes every which way. We've got a we've got an outline and we stick to it. So I want to see if maybe there's somewhere in the middle you know because in terms of writing an outline, I can get that knocked out in like you know hour to maybe, maybe even less, like 30 minutes to an hour depends on the episode and depends on how much content I have to produce and how much I have to research in advance. Uh, so if I can do a video, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a podcast, but maybe if I put a little bit more time into the outline, maybe I break things down a little bit more than I would in, you know, just a podcast outline. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now is, uh, you know, having a more detailed outline than I normally have for a podcast, and maybe that'll generate a more well-thought-out sound for the videos. Because that's one thing that I do appreciate about scripted videos, uh, especially since these are largely informative, largely, uh, informative videos. Not, not necessarily intended for, like, dialogue, because it's usually just one person speaking in these videos. Um, In terms of sound, if someone has something scripted, one thing you get right off the bat is it feels like they know what they're talking about. You know, for a video that is trying to explain something to you or try to elucidate something or tell some trivia to you or, you know, give facts and cite sources and stuff like that. You know, for a video essay format, it's nice to have someone that sounds like they know what they're talking about. So that's one benefit I feel of having like a fully scripted video. So I'm hoping that if I practice enough and also prepare enough, you know, out uh, on the outline and may- maybe not have to fully script things, I can get into a pace where I can get these sorts of things out a lot quicker than, uh, I- I'm, I'm worrying, uh, it- it'll take, uh, so yeah, I guess, O- overall in terms of how I'm seeing the YouTube channel is, um, instead of using the time that I have in my off week uh, in, in the, po- you know, cause the podcast comes out e- every other week. I was thinking of using that off week at, instead of devoting it to a live stream, devoting it to, you know, making a YouTube video, uh, Maybe that means that, you know, it'll be, it would be a bi-weekly thing. I don't know. Hopefully we can put out more videos, uh, you know, at a consistent pace. I don't know. That's just some ideas that I have, but, uh, I, I see that time there and I see, you know, the opportunity to invest into kingdom hearts union in, uh, in the YouTube side of things. Uh, one thing that I've really appreciated, about the, the Twitch stream was, uh, by having a visual format and having, uh, having video there and being live, I was able to talk to you guys. I feel like YouTube can do that kind of stuff too. Uh, but one thing Twitch was, n- was not a good fit for me was, uh, or one aspect of Twitch that was not a good fit for me was, uh, ever since I moved to Japan. And that's, the, that's something that, um, you know, it's just a a part of, it's a part of moving here is that, you know, in a lot of ways, you're kind of distanced from the Western world, you know, uh, time, time zone wise, it's just like, it, it was brutal. And I think that was probably the number one thing that, uh, made it difficult to grow on Twitch. Uh, but the nice thing about YouTube and, you know, something I was always considering was, you know, take the deep dive stream and instead of making it a stream, making it um, like just a YouTube let's play. Uh, but I, I don't know. I guess, I guess with with the deep dive stream, I always like the the interactive element of it as well. So, uh, anyway, deep dive stream is done thankfully. But uh, yeah, uh, something I am excited about with YouTube is the fact that because it's a pre recorded uh, thing. Then, where I live means nothing. It, it, it doesn't affect it whatsoever. So, that's something I'm excited about is that I, I feel like on YouTube, I have a lot more of a chance uh, to be able to get an audience and grow an audience. I feel on Twitch, I've, you know, ever since I moved to Japan, it, it felt like uh, Kingdom Hearts Union was at a disadvantage because it was imp- impossible to do regular content at the rate that Twitch wants you to do re- regular content, which for Twitch, they want like, all right, you know, you, you should be doing like uh you know, 12 hour, you know, 12 hours a week, pretty much minimum. And, uh, you should be doing it like several days and have a schedule and always do it every time at the same time. And that's how you build your audience. You know, if I was able to do that after school, you know, here in Japan, I would, but that, that would currently make it like, like if I'm looking at right now, it is like 7 24 PM ish on a, on a Thursday night. So seven, twenty four at night, like in Florida, I believe it would be like 6 AM, like 6 20 AM. So that's, uh. <laughs> That kind of puts into perspective. I, I don't think anybody is uh, eager to watch Kingdom Hearts content on Twitch at 6 a.m. on a weekday. You know, that kind of puts puts into perspective why we were kind of like never never really able to grow so much on Twitch. was and, and that's why I would always do it on the weekends is because when I was doing it at night for you guys, it was my morning on the weekend my saturday morning your friday night and that that, that's how it was working but uh yeah it 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 just doesn't seem like that can uh pan out because the rate at which i I was able to do that uh it it just wouldn't work for twitch twitch wants uh, the twitch wants like pretty much your effort every single day and that's really the only way you're gonna grow and on top of that twitch is super saturated so yeah, a lot of ranting, sorry, but, uh, th- this is, uh, this is a just brain episode. So you're going to get the, uh, you're going to get the tea about what's been going on. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess, I guess like, that's pretty much the game plan is I want to try out YouTube. I want to put the same kind of content that we, you know, put into the deep dive stream and same kind of content that we put in on the podcast, but in a slightly more, well researched well thought out way, not to say that uh, any of the information we put out here on the podcast is ever uh, dubious, but I think it's you know it- it's one thing to be uh, wrong about something and it's another thing to sound you know sound like you know what you're talking about. So I think having a script can help with that so I'm gonna try that, try the script but I'm also trying to see like how can we, work away from having to write basically these massive essays every single week. I just do not see that being a, uh, a viable route. So I want to see if we can work our way towards, um, uh, more thought out than what we do on the podcast, but less effort than is required to write massive essays every single time we want to do a script. So that, that's kind of the uh, balance I'm trying to find there. So, yeah, as of right now, in terms of when, when I plan to start releasing this content, my goal is to get all this, like, pre-stuff out of the way this summer-ish. So that would mean sometime in the fall we would get started to release some content. So I think that would be, like, a, probably good timing. You know, get some stuff out in the fall. You know, I don't I don't think we'll be getting... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 remind coming out all that you know all that soon maybe like january ish that's my current guess so uh having stuff out in fall when people are like anticipating kingdom hearts remind might be nice to help tide people over maybe people will be eager for kingdom hearts content at that point so yeah uh i guess all in all that's been the kingdom hearts union state of the union address for 2019. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it, it you know, we're going to move on to the question segment. If you have any questions regarding the podcast, regarding the YouTube, regarding the deep dive stream, any comments, any suggestions, you know, you know, you guys know where to reach me. You know, we got the, uh, we got the at, at, at on Twitter. And then we also have the uh, questions, email at K, at, uh, kingdom hearts union questions at gmail.com. So yeah, without further ado, let's move on. To the question segment. Our first question. Is music to my ears. It's one of the questions I love to. Talk about and discuss. And it comes from JB Petty. Us in the Kingdom Hearts. Community understand. That Kingdom Hearts 3 took a long time. To make and the reasons why. But my question. Is for the gaming community in general. I noticed that games take longer. To make nowadays. And before. Uh, so this next question, so this question comes from JB Petty and JB Petty asks us in the kingdom hearts community understand that kingdom hearts three took a long time to make. And we understand the reasons why, but my question is for the gaming community in general, I've noticed that games take longer to make these days now more than ever before, even with all the technological advances why is this the case? So that's a great question. You know, it it seems like, you know, now more than ever, we're always hearing about all these great pieces of technology that, you know, ideally help make games easier to make. You know, for example, we have Unreal Engine 4. You know, I'm always touting the benefits of Unreal Engine 4. Is it not true that Unreal Engine 4 isn't speeding up development, well I would say yeah, it absolutely is speeding up development, and it is a great thing but needless to say, yeah you're right JB Petty uh, games do take a lot longer to make now, so let's talk about some of the reasons why um, I, I want to say before I get into it proper, I do want to point out something that I think is uh, you know, good to know, uh, let's Let's think about game developers that are out there. Some big, massive, very, uh, you know, very popular game developers that pull in a lot of money and make these massive games. It's like Rockstar, for example. You know, you think, do you think Rockstar is filthy rich? Are they filthy stinking rich? The answer is yes, they are. And 2K is very happy for that. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 is one of the highest selling games that ever was, and it is uh, still selling so much to this day. They make a ton of money. Why is it that a company like Rockstar with all the money and assuming, you know you'd assume that since they're really popular and have a lot of money, you'd also assume they'd have like a lo- really large staff. You know, a lot of developers probably working for them. And I'll also say, yes, that is true. Uh, You know, we'll take, for example, Grand Theft Auto V, the credits, when the credits roll at the end of Grand Theft Auto V, when you finish the story mode, it's just the story mode, not any of the extra DLC stuff. uh, It takes like a half hour, maybe more just to get through the credits. It's that long. There's that many people that worked on Grand Theft Auto V. Yet, Grand Theft Auto V still took like five, six years to make. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 also took about seven years to make that game. So I think it's important to remember this, that while we talk about this uh, concept, I can't provide a solution for you because a company as big as Rockstar with the money and funding and resources and manpower that rockstar has even they can't make games come out faster and they're just like you'd think that well if you're rich enough and you have enough game developers you could just throw money at the problem and that would solve it that'll make the games come out faster and the answer is no at some point games are just too complex you even with more money and more developers it still takes too long you can't make them faster, at least with what we have now. And, um, yeah, that kind of uh, – so that's that's one aspect of this conversation is that, unfortunately, I can't provide a solution. All I can provide is some explanation that might elucidate why the, the games take so long. Uh, so I, I guess the, uh, the long and the short of it is uh, – so I'll get to the, the main reason is presentation – and expectation. And I would say the biggest, 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 biggest driving factor for why games take so long is the expectation of gamers. The expectations that gamers have for how high quality the presentation of games have to be. And so what, what goes into presentation? Well, it, it does largely boil down to, you know, the graphics the technology that powers it, the art assets, you know, the 3D models, and the animation. So all of these things, the you know, graphics, visual effects, all of that stuff, the long and the short of it is, is that's what takes so long. Everything that falls into that. And I would say chiefly among those, uh, you're gonna find animation. Animation takes a long time to do, and uh, environment modeling is also really a big time consuming thing. Uh, you know, you need not look further than a staff list from any game. You want to know what costs the most money. Look for the part of the credits that takes the longest to go through. And a lot of times, especially for like these more open world games, uh, environment modeling and animating animators, those are the, those are the roles that require the most manpower, the most people. And, you know, we also have to think that like, these are also industries that are being revolutionized by things like photogrammetry, uh, photogrammetry. For those of you that don't know is, uh, when you go out and you take photos of things and, uh, and not just one, but you know, hundreds of photos, you know, for example, you know, you take a boulder, for example, you you know, you go outside, you go somewhere, go hiking, you find a really cool boulder and you have someone with a really fancy camera on an overcast day, go out there and take photos of the boulder from hundreds of different angles. So it can get 3d information from that. So you're basically scanning this asset into the game, even with techniques like that. Environment modeling still takes an insane amount of time just because of the sheer volume of stuff that you need to make. Animation's also very similar. You know, you have motion capture. You know, you'll have these people wearing mocap suits and uh, they'll do a lot of these actions and, you know, that'll be, they'll be recorded and used into the game. W- you know, with that, you'd think that, okay, if you want five minutes of animation, it takes five minutes to make that, right? you know, because the guy in the mocap suit took five minutes to perform that scene. So it only takes five minutes, right? Well, no, because that data isn't like that data isn't usable right away. Uh, The data from the mocap suit is uh, rough. It's very raw. And on top of that, if this animation is not animation just intended for a cutscene, if it's also intended for gameplay, then you really can't just use the raw animation straight out of the mocap studio because it's not going to be the right timing. The speed at which a human actually moves versus the speed a gamer expects a character to move is very different, especially in terms of reaction time. You know, if you want to make a game feel good, it takes a lot of uh, love and care from an animator, a human being, to make that animation feel natural and feel good when you control it on a controller. It's a really difficult thing. Um, if you want to uh, know more about game animation uh, specifically, there's a YouTube channel called uh, New Frame. I believe it's New Frame Plus. Uh, it's done by, uh, guy, uh, Daniel Floyd. He's an ex Pixar animator. I think he's also worked in the game industry. He's really good. knows a lot of, knows his stuff and talks about the animation from lots of different games and you can see, uh, what it takes to make animation for specifically for gameplay feel good. And, uh, yeah, definitely a great resource if you want to learn more about that. Um, so yeah, those are those are really big things. Obviously, also things like characters, like they're getting more and more realistic every day. And on top of that, you know, characters also have scans. But if you want to make a realistic character that, you know, is able to be animated, you can't just scan that. You know, even though you can scan it, uh, you'll you know, much like the example of scanning the rock, it takes a lot of time from a, uh, trained character modeler to clean that up and make it so it's deformable and usable in a game engine. So th- there's all this stuff, all this art content that takes a lot of time from, uh, you know, very, very highly skilled professionals that cost a lot of money. Um, you know, uh, so, so let's, let's move back and tackle this question from a slightly different angle. Uh, So not from the angle that you're asking where, why do games take longer now? Let's ask it from the other angle. Why did games in the past take a lot less time? Uh, So again, specifically, you know, the two points that I brought up, it's the, the concept of expectation and the concept of presentation. So... Uh, back when pong came out, what was what were people's expectations of video games? Well, there was nothing. there was no expectation. There was no expectation for how games should look because there really wasn't any games in the public eye at that time. And uh, so yeah, you know, with pong, what are the art, what are the art assets of pong? You got a square, which is the quote-unquote ball, and then you have two rectangles, and that's it, you know? does Do the graphics of Pong require any particularly skilled artists? Absolutely not. If you were to ask your grandma, hey, grandma, can you draw all of the art assets of Pong? You know what? By golly, your grandma probably could draw the assets of Pong. Because it's just a square. Can she draw a square? Maybe. Maybe not all her grandmas can draw a square. But, uh, you know, square and a rectangle. You could ask your mom, maybe. Let's, let's use mom as an example. Ask your mom, can you draw all the art assets of Pong? Most likely. All right, let's move up a generation or two. Let's go to Super Mario Brothers. The original Super Mario Brothers. Not Super Mario Brothers 3. Mario has two frames in his run cycle. Now, Mario is definitely an order of magnitude a lot more difficult to draw than the Pong box. You know, the little ball that is in Pong because it's just a square. But at the end of the day, the sprites on the NES are made up of a bunch of tiny squares. And if you draw it out on a grid, if you ask someone with you know, mild, uh, understanding of how to color things in and follow numbers. You know, if you ask your mom, could you draw all of the, uh, animation sprites for Mario? You know what? She probably could. There really aren't that many. And, you know, at the end of the day, they all fall on a grid. So yeah, you know what? I would still say within reason someone with very little, uh, artistic training could draw all the art assets that are in Mario. Let's move up a few more generations. Let's talk about Final Fantasy 15. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Altisha, this massive city that looks like you know, a, 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 a fantastical version of real world Venice. Now, if you asked your mother, Hey ma, can you make all of the art assets that are here in Altisha? Can you make all the waterfalls? Can you make this massive church, uh, in 3d? And, uh, can you make the statue? Can you make this like weird weaved whale looking thing? that's, uh, you know, this like wire mesh, uh, fountain ornament. And then can you also make the fountain and you can, you also make the building behind the fountain and, uh, can you make these shops and then the, the purses that they sell in this shop and this wedding dress, you know, (laughs) there's so much in there that the requirement for how much skill is required Goes up insanely amount, just so much higher. And not only that, you know, you have to think like, how long did it take these people to make those things? Like, it takes a really long time. And so that's that just gives you kind of an example. You know, let's take pong as one extreme, and we'll take Final Fantasy fifteen as another extreme. You know, uh, back in the seventies when pong came out, there were no expectations for what games could be. But by the time that final fantasy 15 comes around the expectations for that, like how high were the expectations for final fantasy 15? They were insane. They were through the roof. That game was in development for 10 years. You know, that game had so much riding on it. So because of the high expectation, it then requires a lot more effort be put into the presentation, you know, pong, no, no expectation. So, zero effort in presentation is fine. Final Fantasy fifteen almost infinite expectation. so square had to throw as much money and effort and time at that problem to meet that uh, to reach that expectation. So yes, at the end of the day, it does come down to quote unquote, the graphics, the presentation, the models, the animations, everything that goes into presentation, that is what is taking so long when making these games. Of course, all the other stuff does take a long time. The writing takes a long time. The programming takes a long time. The engine development takes a long time. There's all, all kinds of stuff that takes a long time, but if you had to pick one thing, especially that takes really long time and takes a lot of manpower. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. Go look at the, at the credit roll of your favorite video games and see which positions have the most people listed. That's where you'll find where the money goes. And that's where the time goes. Cause at the end of the day, time is money. So if you see a uh, you know a particular part of a list in the credit roll that has a lot of people, well there you go. That's the thing that took a lot of time because it took a lot of time to to do that. I would say in a you know in a Rockstar game, uh, probably the largest team in a Rockstar game might actually be the motion motion capture staff because they just motion capture so much. But at the end of the day, what does motion capture fall under? falls under animation. What does animation fall under? Well, it falls under art. And that's a part of presentation. So again, it's, it is the presentation. So, you know, looking at this problem from a different angle, what would it look like if a game didn't pr- pursue all of this? And what if it kept in in line with what can be reasonably reasonably put out at a at a decent pace well that would be pokemon sword and shield look at pokemon what is like the number one complaint from gamers about pokemon number one complaint well r- probably the number one complaint now is the the whole issue with the national decks but you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Pokemon sword and shield is going to be the first Pokemon not to feature all the Pokemon that there have ever been. And the reason stated by the president of game freak was that because we want to update the animations for all the Pokemon, it's just, it would take way too long to animate all these characters at the higher level of quality that we wanted to. So even Pokemon is being hit by this, but, You know the the long and the short of it is, yeah, Pokemon is still like really old school looking, and that's why they're able to put out games you know fairly regularly. Last year they released uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Prior year, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Year before that, Sun and Moon. You know, and, and the list goes on and on. They they're able to keep it annual because they keep their production values as low as they can. So that's that's what it looks like when. A company tries to keep pace with their ability to produce things with within a certain time frame. You'll get games that look like Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, uh, another part of your question is, well, since there's so many technological advances, why isn't development going faster? Well, the answer is it is going faster in some ways, but again, with that whole level of expectation. Uh, expectation strips out technological advancements every time it doesn't matter it's kind of like uh you you know if you ever hear how politicians try to solve traffic in cities you know what what do they say like oh you know we're gonna build a new highway or we're gonna add three lanes to this highway and, and and that's gonna solve traffic well what ends up happening Every time, at first, yeah, traffic gets alleviated. You know, you add a you add a lane to that, you add an extra lane to each side of that highway. Each side of that highway, yes, traffic will be alleviated somewhat for a little while. What happens little by little? Well, because there's more availability, more people will be using that highway. So more and more people start using it and we are back where we started traffic is now up again it's a matter of if there's availability well it really does not take long for people to completely utilize that entire resource and use it up you know it it, it, it's it's just one of those things where there's only so much that technology technological advancements can provide so any speed boosts that they might provide to development turn into well if we can do this faster then instead of just sticking with being faster let's instead use it so we can make more or even bigger or more beautiful content or more varieties of content instead of just being fine with being faster Developers will instead focus on taking those benefits and using them to make more, more varied, larger, more detailed content, whatever it is, animation, art assets, uh, you know, 3d models, character models, uh, background models, uh, cars, you know, uh, special effects whatever it is if if we have the ability to do what we currently do faster why not go bigger because doing the same thing faster isn't making them any more money or it it, it could it could in theory if you put out more games but the problem is video games are an arms race everybody's competing with each other so you know, yeah, Pokemon may do what Pokemon does and keeps their pace, but they're Pokemon. So people just buy Pokemon. But if Final Fantasy still looked like it did on PS2, nobody, no, nobody would really care about Final Fantasy or, or, or actually not, not to say that they wouldn't care. It's that they would complain and how do I know they would complain? Because they complain about Pokemon, and Pokemon never changes. And even they try to to update things. And look what look where look look where it's left them. They're not able to keep up with uh, their uh, bloat in scope. And they don't even they don't even bloat up that much. They they didn't even do much. So uh, so yeah. Long and the short of it is, like I said in the uh, at the beginning of this, it's it's a function of expectation, and presentation. Gamers expect a lot. So developers produce a lot and it's a ongoing arms race and it always keeps going up. And as technology gets better, yes, we're able to make the same kind of content faster. And sometimes we're able to make better content, uh, faster than before, but expectation is in unending resource, but human time and technology is a finite resource in terms of how much benefit it can provide you. But a human's desire is completely unquenchable. It is impossible to keep up. So it is kind of, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Like what, what is, what is the solution? Well, the ultimate solution is if you want games faster, then you should tell Square uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 level Kingdom Hearts is fine. And let's keep it that and never upgrade. And you know what? That's kind of what they were doing for all this time up until Kingdom Hearts 3. And that's why they're able to put out Kingdom Hearts games so fast. I don't think they're going to be able to do that anymore. So we'll have to see how that affects the series and the brand and all of that. Uh, I know that was a long one, but I, I think... Uh, it's an interesting one. And on top of that, I'm alone on this episode, so I can talk about whatever I want. So moving on to the next question, this next question comes from soul days and they ask, since Sora doesn't seem to be aging much anymore, would you be okay with getting a new voice actor for Sora? I mean, Haley Joel Osment is good, but he can't do a young voice like that forever. So I think that's a good question. Uh, personally, hmm." I think, I think ultimately at some point, Haley Joel Osment, yeah, you're right. Haley Joel Osment cannot do the voice of Sora forever unless they keep his age, you know, uh, going up at some point. Um, But, you know, would I be okay with him changing? Yeah. I, I mean, so long as it's for someone of, you know, equal talent. And I think that would be very difficult to find you know, I would not be okay with a, a downgrade, unfortunately. And that's kind of what I'd be afraid of. It definitely seems like Square Enix these days is very eager to employ people from the, uh, uh, y- you know, teeny bopper nighttime dramas, you know, supernatural CW dramas. Cause that seems like a lot of the, uh, final fantasy seven remake cast seems to come from there. And they, they seem pretty good. Um, I would say probably the one place that Square Enix is still lacking when it comes to their dubs is in voice direction. Uh, there's definitely a lot of aspects of voice direction that still come off strange, even in things like the Final Fantasy seven remake, you know, uh, Barrett is one a great example of someone that is, man, it's really hard to find him, uh, to be a believable character, though. you know, as crazy as he is. Um, but you know i would say overall square Enix has been doing well um would i be okay with haley joel changing yeah but it would be it would have to be someone really talented and really uh knowledgeable about the character i would say a great example of this is uh i think his name is cody I don't know his last name. Cody, who who, who does uh, Cloud in 7 Remake, I think is doing a phenomenal job. And it's also very clear that he is a, a fan of, of Cloud and a fan of FF7 and understands the character. And he specifically said in a tweet, like, you know, uh, it's my commitment to ensure that I capture the nuance in this character. And everything that I've heard from Cloud in from the Seven Remake totally uh, proves that to me, and so that uh, that aspect of it is uh you know really uh, reassuring to me. So I'm hoping uh, the same thing could be done for Sora. I'm not sure you know how it would work for that. I would say honestly, Sora is not as a, as complex of a character as Cloud. Um, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe by the time it's, it's time to change, maybe there'll be other sides of Sora that we see and they'll need to be, uh, addressed by whoever, uh, tries to fill those shoes. And those are big shoes. Good golly, does Sora have big shoes? (laughs) But yeah, would I be okay with it? Yes, I would be okay with it, but it it, it would, I wouldn't be okay with just anyone. I would say another another one that's probably going to have to go through this at some point is going to be David Gallagher and Riku. I know he's going to stick to that character. Anytime Square calls out to him, he will be there. He will do that voice. I have no doubt in my mind that David Gallagher is in it for the long haul. I also feel the same for Haley Joel Osment, but I know at some point they both have to change. And uh, David Gallagher is one I fear because he's so good for that role. So... Yeah. Great question. Uh, Not sure how well it would go, but I am open to it. Uh, Last question comes from Ari Orta. Do you think Kingdom Hearts will ever come out on PC? That's an interesting question. Um, It's really tough. As of right now, you just don't see a lot of games published by Disney Uh, But apart from that, there's also just not, like, even when there was, there really weren't that many on PC. And I think it's mostly because of their target audience. But Kingdom Hearts has a uh, kind of a different audience than the typical Disney game. And I would say Kingdom Hearts audience does uh, align well with uh, the PC gaming audience, especially since you see, like, you know, how well games like Final Fantasy do on on PC, so uh, I, I guess the first thing that I would want to say is bef- before I answer yes or no is if Kingdom Hearts came out on PC I do think it would do well I think it would sell well, absolutely no question uh, I would say the main issue that I see is probably licensing whether that's Disney or Utada Hikaru or whoever I think licensing is the main thing that would get in the way of it coming out on PC, but I think there's a lot less worry for it these days because the games are quite a bit older than, uh, y- you, know, you know, a typical new release. I could definitely see it being the case that maybe Kingdom Hearts never releases day and date on PC, but I think, mm, you know what, I think at some point Kingdom Hearts will probably release on PC, but I think it's going to take some convincing and a lot of interest expressed by fans to square that it's something that they want. So, uh, I guess, yeah, if kingdom hearts on PC is something that you want, definitely do not hesitate to let square know that that's something that you're interested in. I think that's really the only way that we could ever expect to see it on PC. Uh, because, uh, I think it's definitely going to require a lot of, uh, lawyers talking to lawyers, (laughs) as as i imagine kingdom hearts to always be i feel like a lot of the kingdom hearts development is just lawyers talking to each other so yeah thank you for the question so the uh so yeah that pretty much wraps up our question segment our music for this episode comes from a uh new arrangement album hearts of light it just came out recently i believe and uh the arranger ro Ropanuganti Ropanuganti uh, uh, rearranged a lot of stuff from uh, Kingdom Hearts I I picked this particular track because I don't think I have ever seen a cover of this So uh, this is a metal cover of Black Powder which comes from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep I believe this plays in Birth by Sleep uh, when you are in the Kibla Graveyard uh, right about to fight Xemnas. or Xenor. Uh, so, uh, I believe that's when it plays. I'm p- positive. It's in birth by sleep. I-, I think for most people, if I say, Oh, do you know black powder from, uh, from kingdom hearts birth by sleep? I don't think anybody knows that song by heart, but, uh, y- you know, once you hear it, you'll be like, Oh yeah, that song. So, uh, no, no worries. Uh, you, you'll definitely recognize it when you hear it. And it's a really good metal cover of it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, moving on from there, our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 23rd of July. Uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or kingdom hearts union twitter which is at kh union and remember if you guys like the show please support us on patreon at patreon.com slash union and if you have any questions send them to khuquestions at gmail.com all right guys so that was it that was the brandon episode i hope you guys enjoyed it I I, I'd I'd like to say I really enjoy making these episodes, but I definitely enjoy having co-hosts way more, but I think it's also really, um, cathartic sometimes to have it be just me because then it's like, (laughs) I can talk about whatever I want as long as I want. So I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. So uh, really glad to do that. So, uh, I guess, yeah, uh, here's some actionable things that I'd like to, uh, pose to you guys. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for things you want to see on YouTube, any ideas that you have for us as we embark on this, any suggestions that you might have For how to handle the deep dive stream content you know that's that's a a a thing that i'm not sure what to do with yet uh one idea i had as a consideration was to open up kingdom hearts union deep dive stream channel and then just upload all the stuff there as is and just like let it be let it be you know just have it there as a you know, kind of a time capsule, and if all that stuff gets demonetized, or if nobody cares about it, or nobody watches it, maybe it just doesn't affect the main channel, uh, that would also require a lot of time, so that sounds scary to me to have to make a new YouTube channel, but that, that, that's an option, um, so yeah, if you, if you guys have any ideas, any words of words of encouragement, I would appreciate that as well. Uh, please, uh, let me know anything with the, with the rest of the YouTube channel. And also, if you guys have any ideas for the, uh, 10th anniversary podcast, I'm eager to hear them, uh, might be able to do stuff. If you, if you guys have any like, uh, well wishes for us, maybe, uh, maybe I'll put, uh, maybe I'll read those out on the podcast or we, we can all read them out on the podcast when it, when it does come around. So. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you, guys. So, uh, yeah, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.